on a continuum from boring album art to not boring album art, this is far to one extreme with John Mayer's continuum. It's Think Outside the Box at the Internet's only outrage machine. I'm Nathan Hunt. I'm Cameron DeWitt. And Nathan, it's hard to beat the system when we're standing at a distance. So oh. I think you should cut them some slack. Oh, that Be is a the good album point. art you want to have on your albums in the world. What? Uh, I I can't everywhere I go is an album art because I'm a mo- model or so I confidence in my appearance and body. <laughs> um, the funny thing is, this is not the only album uh, titled Continuum that was released this year, which is 2006, what? and the other one is much better. What's that one? Uh, let's see, what band is that? It's uh, Prototype is the huh. band. It's a progressive Do metal band. Do they cover Bold as Love as well? Um, let me check. Uh, oh, no, they just cover All Along the Watchtower, that's all. Which isn't even really a Jimi Hendrix song. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> ultimately a Bob Dylan song. I mean, hey, let's just say it's a Jimi Hendrix song. Fuck okay. Bob Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather No one not. listens to that version. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, that that would have been a completely forgotten song, I think, if uh, had it not been for a little little guy named Jimmy you may have heard of. From Seattle, don't you know? Him and Sir Mix-a-Lot. I always forget that. I always forget that he's from Seattle. Yeah, it's him, Sir Mix-a-Lot, and uh, I I can't think of any other notable music to come out of Seattle that might have reshaped pop culture entirely. Scrambled eggs. (laughs) Oh, right. Yeah, the Frasier theme. (laughs) It's tearing up the charts back in 91. I, I love the cover of it that has the baby like in the pool, you know, reaching out for the dollar bill. <laughs> what are we uh, even talking about? This, ah, it's Waiting continuum. on the world to change. Yeah, that's, that's this album. I didn't yeah. know that. I remember I this song when it came out. I didn't know it was a John Mayer song. Or if I ever you knew that, that, I had forgotten. It's um, kind of an interesting song. We'll, yeah. we'll get into it when we actually talk about it. Yeah. Um, what do you think about this album in general? I um, still hate listening to John Mayer ever talk about women, ever, literally ever. Mm. Uh, mm. It's the worst thing ever. <laughs> it's terrible. He does it less, I think, in this. Maybe. Um, I think it's at least less terrible. Yeah. I'm going to find another you is definitely a bummer, though. <laughs> that one sucks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, it's okay when Beyonce does it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when the, when Beyonce because, does it, it's not a crime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think she uh, when she puts all your stuff in a box to the left. I could find another you in a minute. In fact, he'll be here in a minute. Um, I guess it's empowering. I guess. Although now that I think about it, that song kind of sucks a little bit because it's like I think she ow. Oh, I thought there was a cat behind me. Oh, um, there is a that song. I, what's it actually called? I forget. Um, I think she's calling out. A, I think she's breaking up with this guy because um, he cheated on her. But then she says, "I could find another you in a minute." Um, irreplaceable. In fact, That's he'll it. be here. Irreplaceable. In fact, he'll be here in a minute. But it's like, you already had someone lined up? It sounded like you were cheating on him. <laughs> it sounded like you were being particularly faithful. I don't well, know. Well, I mean, um, there's you can you could have people in your friend circle that um, 
you know could be into you if you were single. Yeah, that hypothetically, makes sense. I, could, I could see that where it's like I I could tell this person kind of digs me, but and if I ever end up single, maybe I'll check them out. You know. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, anyway, I still think it's that's a better song, yes. even if the message <laughs> behind it is um maybe similarly fraught yeah this is maybe the the worst album um art i've ever seen in terms of boringness i I alluded to it earlier it's literally just a gray square with the words continuum music by john mayer um yeah it's pretty it's pretty bad yeah it's not like um bad taste it's just so boring um yeah the um and it's gray text uh, on a gray background the so. album art for to Hillam by steve reich is kind of similar but even more in, but still more interesting oh which version of and to that Hillam? uh like the original one that he released uh, that he released okay not alarm will sound yeah. or that or that one i think it's pretty similar uh but uh oh well that's a blue square that makes a huge difference <laughs> yeah it's i mean i'm just saying it, it, it seems like has, there's a similar amount of work it has a woven texture i think it's a, a close-up of like a, a book with a woven cover or something yeah and it, it also has it has gold on blue contrast whereas continuum is one shade of gray on another shade of gray john mayer is up to two shades of gray um 48 more to go <laughs> yeah it's uh also, do you know why this is called Continuum? Um, he's a big fan of Star Trek, and that word keeps showing up in Star Trek, I, th- I think. You mean like Q? Yeah, the Q Continuum. I think there's bunches of other Continuums, too. Just the Q continuum. fan? Q, <laughs> Q fan. He's, he, he subscribes to Q's only fan page. <laughs> um, support sex work um space time continuum do you think i think they're bringing q back for the next season of star trek picard and i'm curious if they're going to address QAnon at all because now there's another (laughs) prominent q yes in the zeitgeist (laughs) that's he'll be talking about the last storm coming and all that stuff and trust the whatever it is they trust um man i have negative zero infinity interest in that show and by which to say, I have negative interest. I never want to see that show ever. <laughs> I watched it. Did we talk? Did I bring it to the box? I don't remember if you did. Oh, wh- what do you mean by the box, Cameron? Could it possibly mean uh, our weekly <laughs> mini show for supporters only, which people yeah, can get access to club. at support.boxit.website if they become a supporter, even just for a few dollars a month? Is that what you're referring to? That's the one I'm talking about, uh, where we talk talk about things that we're thinking about, usually TV. <laughs> Uh, I love I TV love a, a nice a native uh, native advertising. Love it. Good job. Integrate. Yeah, you too. <laughs> um. Oh yeah, Picard. I don't think you ever brought it. I I hear pretty bad things about it. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> I I just decided it's boring to talk about. I think we have more things to talk about in this album. Okay. Maybe maybe I'll bring it to the box someday. I feel like pretty not very attached to John Mayer at this point. I don't know. <laughs> I'm also not having the best day, so maybe I'm just a little well, he, too grumpy. Here, here's something. You know how I was saying that I was disappointed that John Mayer's albums in the the previous two albums that they weren't what I expected. Specifically, mm-hmm. a songwriter who takes a guitar solo in mm-hmm. every song. Ah, this yes. album is that. It is that he does do. It a was lot more of satisfying. Solo. 
he he or someone, but usually him takes a guitar solo in like ninety five percent of the songs. Mm-hmm. That's true, uh, and I think some of them are pretty good. There's one of them in particular that I think is really excellent. Mm-hmm. I think they're through composed, although I don't think that's um I don't think that's rare for a studio album. Mm. Yeah, I don't think it is. Um, let's see. Oh, I was gonna say I kind of like how he sounds more melancholy on this album. It has a more melancholy vibe, uh-huh. and I appreciate that. Uh, it makes him feel less, little less Jack Johnsony. Yes, uh, it's a little less easy listening. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's still smooth, mm-hmm. but there is actual emoting going mm-hmm. on. Yeah, instead of just a shrug. Yeah, <laughs> a vocal shrug <laughs> instead of just a, a less positive Jack Johnson. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you want to uh, um, banana jump- cake? Banana pancake slaps. <laughs> it does it. I haven't I listened so. to that song in millions of years. I think it's good. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, pretend Make that it's the pancakes. Uh Let's talk about Waiting for the World to Change. Waiting on the World to Change. That's how, the actual title. Um, oh, shit. I forgot to actually add the oh. sound samples to my uh, <gasps> soundboard. I got them now, oh, though. Wait, 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 wait. Here's huh? something else. I didn't upload them. Oh, I was <laughs> talking about mine. <laughs> quick, quick. Fill the space. Try to keep um, from cutting the show. Okay, okay. Uh, what can I talk about? I've been talking about all kinds of bullshit, but anything besides John Mayer. Um, uh, I, th- I was telling Cameron earlier, I'm deep in the angst of looking for a job. So if anyone has a job lead on <laughs> software developers... Just a, any kind of job. Any kind of job. Um, uh, I would love to work at uh, Walmart as uh, packing things. And I had a friend who worked at a produce department at Walmart. He said it actually wasn't that bad. Um, his coworkers. This is are all wacky, great. Though. Keep going because I've yeah. lost where all the files are kept. Oh, good. So you're doing great. Um, yeah, just, just keep stalling. Um, let's see what else is happening. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, oh, um, I've been watching the sh- TV show Mythic Quest, which is on Apple TV. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, <laughs> it's okay. It has a lot of the same people behind. It's always sunny in Philadelphia, although it's a little less like. Is it D and D? No, it's it's more of a um. It's sort of a workplace comedy centered around a small uh, software company that essentially makes World of Warcraft. Um, okay, there in are. this in this alternative timeline, um, and you, I read some good reviews of it, and it has like Rob McElhenney and Charlie Day co-created it with Megan Gans, so it has some good people behind it. Um, honestly, I just think I, I think Apple TV shows are not very good i i can't quite that sounds about right (laughs) i can't quite like put my finger on what the vibe is and why i don't like it um but yeah i kind of had the same thing with like ted lasso of it it kind of feels like it's trying to emotionally manipulate me at times and other times it feels like it's has this incredibly strange like centrism thing going on i don't know it's it's really hard to say it 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 feels like they they are releasing lizzie's story movie they are my favorite Stephen King book, and maybe yours. Um, oh, it probably is. I haven't read all that yeah. many, and it, I think it's definitely the best. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So everyone go Did check you get out the files. I put them up. Yes, I got them now. Everyone go okay, check great. out Mythic Quest if you want to watch a show that's like fine. <laughs> that's centrist. Centrist. <laughs> all my DNC people. <laughs> It's maybe not as centrist as 30 Rock, which is just filled with absolutely vile centrism. 
Um, anyway, you know what we're doing? We're waiting on the world to change. Now we see everything that's going wrong with the world and those who lead it. We just feel like we don't have the means to rise above and beat it. So we keep waiting, waiting, waiting on the world to change. We keep on waiting, waiting, waiting on the world to change. It's hard to be. He's talking about the issues, but he's keeping it funky. Mm hmm. Also, people try to put us da 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 down. <laughs> um, shit. Just because we're uh uh uh, what's the uh, fuck? What is it? Just because we g- 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 get around things, they do look awful c- c- cold. I hope I die before I get old. Uh, this is my generation. This is my generation, baby. <laughs> this um, is basically what this song is, right? I mean, I like to think that this has like a little bit more of a of an angle yeah. than the song "My Generation." I think you're probably right. That one's pretty non-specific. So, so this song is like the millennial anthem, essentially. Uh, even though it's, I guess, about Gen X folks because John John Mayer is Gen X. I guess maybe he's stunted um, enough that we can claim him for our generation, though. Yeah, maybe he's in between, yeah. sandwiched in there. Cameron, but, Cameron, uh, Cameron, it's it's a continuum. It's not like there's yeah, like one category right. or the other. There's a continuum. So basically the song is saying that um there's a generation of disenfranchised people who don't feel like they are able to affect change, so they are waiting on the world to change. Man, I'm glad I can't I, I can't relate to that. Can you imagine how yeah, bad that would be? <laughs> I remember at the time this song being like a little bit controversial because it's like you're just waiting on the world to change. There's no call to action. There's no like, but so we can't keep waiting for the world to change or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and now looking at it, I'm like, this is actually pretty relatable. Mm. Like, yeah. we are disenfranchised, and we <laughs> our our power as individuals or even as communities is like pretty limited. Right. And um, you know, in like a post. Bernie Sanders presidential, you know, nominee mm-hmm. uh, or Democratic nominee world. Like it really does feel like that, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, yeah, like what, what can we do? Mm-hmm. So I kind of appreciate this song um, because it's, it's kind of like the, you know, we got to just wait for Mitch McConnell to die. We do. We have. Um, <laughs> That's what the song is. <laughs> that, that brings me to uh, Nathan's vocabulary corner, a new segment I just made up. Uh, gerontocracy, a system of government by the eldest members of society, which is what we have. Yeah. Um, our representative government is not representative. Nope. <laughs> of. Uh, a lot of different kinds of demographics. Yes, that exactly. actually make up <laughs> our uh, our society. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, I do like that he. Yeah, I I, I agree. I, I do think this is a, a pretty good song, um, and I like that he is making specific statements. Um, like he he does express that like uh, we see everything that's going wrong with the world and those who lead it. We just feel like we don't have the means to rise above and beat it um just just beat it beat it uh no one likes to be defeated show them how funky and oh wait sorry i was thinking of something else um 
And there's that line in the chorus where he says, it's hard to beat the system when you're standing at a distance, when we're standing at a distance, rather. Um, but I think the most powerful lines are uh, verse two, which I'm just going to read the entire thing of. Now, if we had the power to bring our neighbors home from war, they would have never missed a Christmas, no more ribbons on their door. But when you trust your television, what you get is what you got. Because when they own the information, oh, they can bend it all they want. Which is maybe not a complete analysis of all of the problems facing us, but is definitely salient and not... Yeah, Fox News had been, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, this is sort of the start of Fox News being like, maybe we could be like more actively awful and insidious (laughs) than we were before. Maybe we could be actual Nazis, guys. You ever think of that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um. And he, he references the ribbons on the door um, because right around this time, well, this time in the, uh, this is 2006, this album came out. So this this time and the four years prior uh, was just the absolute massive explosion of these asinine ribbons stickers. They're not even like real ribbons. They're just stickers in the, the shape of The support the troops. Yeah, the support the troops. I um, forgot about those. Yeah. They're yellow, right? Mm-hmm. I think there was like camo versions and stuff too. And then other causes tried to get in on it. I think there was like a Susan Cayman uh, pink one. Yeah, there's, also. A pink, there's a pink one for pink. breast cancer. It's just, it's so dumb to me to like have a sticker in the shape of a ribbon. Like you could just get an actual ribbon. <laughs> just get a ribbon. That's a great fucking point. <laughs> or just have a sticker. You, why do you have to do this like weird. Or a ribbon of a sticker. Yeah. No or... one's done that. <laughs> exactly. A ribbon in the shape of a Think sticker. Think about it, people. <laughs> simple shit great point cameron (laughs) yeah um so yeah i i i like this song pretty well and it's um pretty catchy too um yeah i think his song his singing is actually pretty good in this yeah like the little bit of like you know crunch in his voice Mm -hmm. i think is actually pretty pretty good and um there's just sort of this um irritable impatience Mm -hmm. in the song but it's like we got to make this last (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's a patiently impatient kind of thing yeah uh yeah i i think this is a pretty good song i used to be kind of like annoyed at this until i grew up a little bit and i'm like no that's yeah it's Mm -hmm. even worse now (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly um Absolutely. Yeah. I, I Wikipedia says that this album incorporates uh, more blues and soul than his previous albums. And I think that is correct. And this song kind of has a somewhat of a Marvin Gaye, like what's going on type vibe. Right. Um, the sort of like. Uh, I say, hey. I say, hey. What's going what's on? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, to quote Marvin Gaye. I said, Look hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on? <laughs> i love that song (laughs) my favorite marvin gay song um there's something happening here (laughs) this is so much a better song than that yeah it is i'm relieved to be able to say that Mm -hmm. about like hey this is a john mayer song it's kind of incisive in an interesting way Mm -hmm. so yeah uh guitar solo guitar solo so this i think is it sounds like a very non-improvisatory guitar solo Mm -hmm. sometimes you can compose a solo an instrumental solo to sound improvisatory but this feels like a a line like you would hear in a classic rock song almost and i think it's i think it's really great it's it's very much a guitar solo that belongs in a single 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Does that mean I should queue it up? I, I keep I keep having false and starts where I think you're trying to queue me up to have it go. <laughs> but one more thing. Oh, God damn it. You actually did. Okay, I'm just going to play the damn thing. Please do. It's just sort of an idea, and then you take the idea up, and then you take it up again, and then you go, mm-hmm. it's a perfect way to end a solo. Yeah. Um, it's just like a cute little idea, but I think it's kind of perfect. Yeah. Um, did you- It's smart. Smart pop writing. Yeah, it's good. I like it. Um, I got a little distracted by... Um, uh, G- the Genius has a, a number of interesting things going on like in the credits, uh, including... Uh, there is oftentimes for songs there's interpolated by um, and this one is interpolated by Waiting on the World to Change 2008 uh, John Mayer featuring Barack Obama what <laughs> do we have that do we have access to that I believe we do all right let's see well, if I can I can't wait okay that's quite loud let me turn that down a little bit uh, we, we keep on waiting uh, let me be change. clear <laughs> There's something happening when oh, no. Americans who are young in age and in spirit who've never participated in politics before turn out in numbers we have never seen because they know in their hearts that this time must be different. Men are my friends. Ooh, really? This is the opposite. This is the opposite message. Um yeah i think okay this is aged actually very well i think uh because it shows that barack obama was literally more of just waiting for the world to change like yeah at the time it probably was pretty jarring because what obama is saying is like 100 percent opposite of what the song is about but now that we have the benefit yeah. of hindsight we look back and like oh those are just pretty words and what that actually represented was more waiting on the world to change (laughs) yeah yeah (sighs) it's it's Uh, it's hard being a cynical bastard it's hard being right so often (laughs) okay um there's something like weirdly satisfying in the last year of just like every (laughs) every time i would see barack obama on tv he would just have the worst mask discipline (laughs) dude will not keep a mask on his face he will not keep it above his nose Mm -hmm. if he has to project his voice he will take it off in order to yell Mm -hmm. and spit his presidential (laughs) particles everywhere Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (sighs) great love it delicious okay quarter in chief um one more thing mm -hmm. um here's a quote from john mayer it's saying well I'll just watch American Idol because I know that if I were engaged in changing anything for the better or the better as I see it, it would go unnoticed or be completely ineffective. A lot of people have that feeling. Hmm. I think, I think it's nice that like John Mayer is um, being honest. Mm-hmm. I like that. This is a song about honesty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I agree. And, and uh, especially in a time when people still were, kind of leaning into this like DNC centrism of just like, you know, you got to show up and like, it will make a difference for to, 
set the record straight. I do think that people have to show up and still try. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I haven't given up on voting yet, you know, as like a damage control, but like, um, yeah, I, I appreciate the honesty of this song. Yeah. Um, I mean, not to put too fine a point on it, but, uh, voting is not what gave us the civil rights movement or, uh, it wasn't voting that kickstarted the gay rights movement. Um, Yeah, elect- electoralism. I don't think has ever really been the way to like lead the charge to make things happen. But you gotta throw a brick at a cop. You gotta throw bricks at cops. Be gay, do crime. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Happy Pride Month, everyone. Yeah, it's not too late. Still got you know a, a week and a half left. Let's if you want to throw a brick at a cop. Everyone, go get your gayest bricks. <laughs> um, it's not that we don't care. We just know the fight ain't fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about I Don't Trust Myself Loving You? Or yeah, you at least good? a little bit. Okay. I have a lot of sound samples for you. Okay, me. yeah. And if my past is any sign of your future, you should be warned before I let you inside. Hold on to whatever you find, baby. Yeah. Very funky little song. It's kind of funky. It's a new sound for John Mayer, and I think it's pretty good. Yeah. I think he's moved past a lot of his adult contemporary sound into something that feels more original or more traditional. Yeah. um, Than just sort of like vague, white adult sounds. Exactly. (laughs) He's got this like uh, down-tempo, sad funkiness going on, and I'm here for it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, do you want to play that intro? I remember when I heard this intro, I was like, oh, wow, I feel so emotionally engaged. Mm. I feel like John Mayer cares about what he's about to sing. <laughs> and he hasn't even started yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's cool. That's great. That is great. Can can you play that again? Maybe just the first half. And I want to point out that there's these little guitar accents on... um, It's just like right after the downbeat. But it's in between beats. Mm -hmm. And it's on the chord changes. Um, So the... uh, I don't know. It sounds like some sort of keyboard... Going whap, 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 whap. Mm-hmm. And um, listen for when the guitar comes in. It's not quite aligned, but it's in a way that's, I think, really compelling. Mm. Just the first half. Or it's a bass. It's a high pitched bass guitar. Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. It's hard to say because the. the range of the instruments do overlap uh yeah the bass guitar is only an octave lower and so there's quite a bit of the bass that can be covered by the guitar and vice versa yeah i guess tamburly it sounded like um a low string high up on the neck mm-hmm. had that kind of tone so that could be you know a high bass string or a low guitar string who's to say mm-hmm. but it had that little bit of rattle to me that sounded like bass um what do you think about the lyrics of this song? 
I'm not really quite sure how to take them. It's it's I kind of want to chalk it up to John Mayer's kind of false uh, self awareness. Um, he says, "No, I'm not the man that I used to be lately." See, you met me at an interesting time, and if my past is any sign of your future, you should be warned before I let you inside. And the chorus is, hold on to whatever you find, baby. Hold on to whatever will get you through. Uh, I don't trust myself with loving you. Um, he's done this before, where he's pulled like, oh, I'm so bad, and I'm sad about right. it. And I don't know. If, if you're that self-aware, and you keep talking about how bad you are, you think you might like change at some point or like talk about how you're trying to be better change or take space <laughs> or take... and don't mm-hmm. <laughs> engage in this relationship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, it's sort of this, um, he's, he's kind of shirking responsibility. Cause he's saying like, I warned you now it's up to you. Yeah. Hold on to whatever you find to get you through. It's, Falls in your court. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to say no to you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to set boundaries. You have to set the boundaries. Mm-hmm. And when I am shitty in the future, it's kind of your fault. You know. Yeah. Honestly, you like, about it, who's, who's really to blame here? Because uh, I, you know, yeah. I did warn you, so yeah. Kind of feel like that's your fault. Um, yeah. So that, that's basically. What this <laughs> I think there's. You know, it's one of those things where it's like. If he wasn't constantly saying this kind of thing, I'd be like, this is kind of an understandable feeling of like feeling underneath your own patterns. Like you um, kind of can't help yourself, um, can't get better, don't know how to be good. Um, there's something there, mm-hmm. but I don't think the song develops that idea in any kind of con- interesting way. And it also, there's another song later on in the album that's kind of the same song. Um, and... Uh, I don't know. It's a bit foreboding. <laughs> Seems yeah. like a bit of a pattern. Especially considering, um, I feel it, like we've kind of already heard this song more than once from him. Yeah. Or at least this perspective expressed in a song. Do you, do you want to play that bridge? Because this is like where really he starts pointing the finger elsewhere. Mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah. So, who do you love? Girl, I see through through your love. Who do you love? Me or the thought of me? Me or the thought of me? Again, this is a legitimate thing for people to be suspicious of, mm-hmm. of other people, especially if you have any sort of, I don't know, any sort of power, um, whether that's uh, you're really charismatic or you have a, you're a famous musician or whatever, you know, like, yeah, it makes sense that you would have to, like, be a little bit suspicious of are people actually humanizing me or are they seeing, uh, or, or are they like, in, I, you know, do you love the thought of me mm-hmm. as opposed to me actually the person? Um, and even that does kind of tie in to what he's saying is like, are you actually ready for me to be fully myself and to be making mistakes and for me to be the person that I don't put on albums or, you know, at my shows and, mm-hmm are you really ready to be alone in a room with me? Um, so I think there's something there, but again, John Mayer, the the, the arc of who John Mayer is, the story, the narrative mm-hmm. is that like, he's not actually trying. So 
it's like in a vacuum, this song would be like, oh, interesting. Like there's sort of this dark side and he's kind of working through some stuff. But, it, you know, when you just keep seeing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. Um, well, let's listen to another, uh, another guitar solo and then move on. That sounds good. Let's do it. Not bad. You know, it's pretty pretty paint by numbers, but like mm-hmm. I think Tamberly, it's just like a c- competent solo. It's nice to listen um, to. Yeah, it's like he's like bended all the notes constantly, mm-hmm. uh, and he, he's doing it in kind of a perfect ornamental rhythm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, yeah, I think it's a really well done solo. It's the actual um, s- melodic content of it isn't necessarily his most compelling work, but I don't think that's necessarily the point of it. So mm-hmm. I think he spent a lot more time on tone. Oh, Hey, here's something. Mm-hmm. I, I just, uh, got on TikTok, oh. and there's two, se- there's two settings. On- I don't have any, you can't follow me yet. I haven't started making anything. I'm just there to, you know, to speak. Yeah. Um, but there's two settings. There's, um, the following, which is people you followed and you can swipe through that specific list of their TikToks mm-hmm. or the for you section, which is um, recommended TikToks um, that the algorithm puts together. John Mayer's TikTok came uh, oh. on my for you. And I went down a rabbit hole of looking at John Mayer's TikTok. And it's really interesting. It seems like he, in the pandemic, has um, had a really good time being a musician on TikTok. And he's been like a really positive kind of encouraging force really? and um i watched i don't know like a couple dozen of his tiktoks and uh he's he's doing all these like duets with people there's this duet with me kind of um function on on tiktok where you can say hashtag duet and then someone can overdub themselves over onto the top of you and you know if he'll do that and like trade solos with people and then he'll spotlight his favorite one, mm-hmm. you know, and like repost it. And there's just like a lot of super wholesome content on there. Mm. Uh, like little kind of um, obtuse, but cute and well-meaning music theory uh, lessons. Mm-hmm. And it's actually kind of turned me around to him a lot more. And he just came out with an album, and I wasn't actually aware of that. I don't know how recently, but it's like he just came oh, out with one. I think, um, did I know that? I thought I heard it came out last year. Oh, no, it's scheduled to be released in July, this July. Oh, it's about to be. It's about so to be. great timing. And he's mm-hmm. been, like, uh, hyping that and stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm i really, it makes me hopeful because... Um, he just seems the the <laughs> it seems like he's being left to his own devices and the things that he's putting out into the world are like fun and wholesome and good and encouraging mm-hmm. and like positive. And uh yeah, I've just been actually really enjoying that and a little bit surprised and like oh good. <laughs> There's something here. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm glad yeah. to hear that. Yeah. And glad to hear that it sounds like he's has kind of grown up and is 
hopefully has been learning from his experiences. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of just him playing guitar and then um, talking. He's just like doing a lot of guitar and nerdery. And I don't love a lot of the genres that he's playing in. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, or like that kind of blues, white dad blues kind of stuff, you know, but like mm-hmm. a lot of it, it seems like he's actually, I don't know. seems like he's really passionate about playing and he has like a, a lot of agency on his instrument. And um, I don't know. It's, it's cool to like see that side of him, like the instrumentalist side of him specifically talking about guitar playing. Yeah. There's also a lot of like really goofy stuff. Um, mm-hmm. There's goofy stuff on TikTok. Maybe I'll put, no. Yeah. Maybe I'll put a link to his ravioli shoes song. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah. It's a very low. That's some raffy shit. I love it. <laughs> yeah. He wrote this ravioli shoe song for his TikTok video. And then there's this series of TikTok videos that are about him, you know, sort of like coping with his new fame of how big ravioli shoes has gotten. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's all very ironic, but cute. And mm-hmm. so anyway, I just remembered that, that I've been scrolling through a lot of John Mayer TikTok and it's actually pretty fun and good. That's great. Yeah. Do you want to talk about belief? Yeah. Let's dive back into what are you talking about? <laughs> what What is all this for? Uh, yeah. Is there anyone who really recalls ever breaking record out for something someone yelled loud one time? Yeah, so this is a very interesting song that I think uh, John Mayer kind of gets in his own way a little bit by being too nonspecific at points. Um, Yeah. But later on in the song, I think he really really makes it clear what he's talking about. Um, So the chorus is, or I guess it's, according to genius, the pre-chorus, um, everyone believes in how they think it ought to be. Oh, everyone believes and they're not going easily. So that, that to me at that point, it sounds like he's talking about like, Oh yeah, everyone believes in something. Right. And it's like, well, you chose a pretty broad and vague topic to write about in a broad and vague way. Um, yeah. but the, the, what is what the genius calls the chorus anyway, is we're, <clears throat> excuse me, we're never going to win the world. We're never going to stop the war. We're never going to beat this if belief is what we're fighting for. Um, and three years into the Iraq war and more into the, well, I, I guess at this point, five years into the so-called war on terror, uh, I think this might be him commenting on that. Um, and the outro is, right. what puts 100,000 children in the sand? Belief can, belief can. Um which uh yeah i i i think those of us who are around and sufficiently old at that point uh after 9-11 remembered the just self-righteous fury of so much of america just this absolutely unshakable belief in our rightness and our having been wronged and it was a holy bipartisan jingoism yeah yeah it was like it was like watching a, a crusades um being uh created and launched um yeah like you said bipartisanly um 
So I think that's what he's trying to get out with the songwriting. He he does make it too vague, like in a lot. It of It doesn't the age well. It. I think that this is a really powerful song in two thousand six. Mm-hmm. But like today, it feels like more. It feels like centrism. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. it feels like. Well, the problem is that everyone is too excitable. Mm-hmm. and too sensitive and it feels too strongly and won't listen to each other yeah. you know um yeah i i think <laughs> especially first one is like probably the worst point of that where he says is there anyone who ever remembers changing their mind from the paint on a sign is there anyone who yeah. really recalls ever breaking rank at all for something someone yelled real loud what time one time so no one no one protest um nobody like picket anything or uh speak up at all you know yeah i i remember once um a friend was telling me that he yelled at like a westboro baptist style you know god hates f words um uh like a protester or someone holding a sign Mm -hmm. and he um my friend yelled at him and then was uh telling me later you know i i feel weird about that like you know, am I really doing any good? Like, I'm not going to change this person's mind. And I was like, yeah, but like, think of all the, the queer people who saw you yell at this person. Um, and now feel a little bit more balance in their safety in the world because mm-hmm. they know that, you know, for every, uh, West, Westboro Baptist style, um, religious fundamentalist hate speech person, mm-hmm. there is someone who will stand up to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and not put up with their bullshit. You know, I was like, the point isn't necessarily always to change someone's mind. Right. Um, exactly. However, I think that um, in the last 10 years of social media, I think we've actually seen like a lot of uh, people changing their minds and reconsidering, reconsidering, uh, considering things <laughs> because of loud voices. Yeah. Um, and I think people, can be shocked into reconsidering yeah what they think i think we've seen a ton of that i've seen um i've seen it in my family mm-hmm. i've seen it uh in my community communities and yeah i think there are a lot of people who are feeling at least affected by um paint on signs mm-hmm. and and rhetoric and loudness and bigness and um force mm-hmm. and uh forcefulness yeah i think yeah. yeah i think this um this verse doesn't feel very true to me it feels um like an argument that i don't believe in anymore so yeah uh yeah i, th- I think i think he really like tr- it's it's a self-own he, he he does an own goal uh in the way he writes this song um yeah i, th- I think couching it in terms of like talking about belief uh, as if like, you know, believing in, uh, everyone having the right to exist is the same as believing in, uh, our right to go and bomb the shit out of another country right. uh, for essentially no reason. <laughs> like the problem is that we're believing in things. It's not the problem is like one person believes in things that, uh, are good. And one person believes in things are bad. No, it's that uh, we believe in things. That's the real problem here. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It kind of it reminds me of you know, call back to a few episodes ago, uh, a few episodes ago when we were talking about um, uh, Buffalo Springfield, mm-hmm. uh, and for what it's worth, it's like what what's the lyric like? 
uh, no one's right if everybody's wrong. Yeah. It's like, not everyone's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The, the, it, I mean, yeah, everyone is culpable in some ways, and yes, and like, but like also some beliefs are better or more valid yeah. uh, or more helpful or more productive, and some are more destructive mm-hmm. or more cruel. And like, it's not a, the problem isn't believing in things. The problem is believing in harmful things. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or, or not believing in things and being complicit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you. And actually I, I didn't think about that when I was listening to the song originally, your take of like how, you know, that is, that it is an incisive thing to like call out beliefs Mm-hmm. call out belief um as something like maybe you need to reconsider your belief and mm-hmm. back back up from it um but yeah today mm-hmm. when the loudest beliefs right now are like um people are calling for people to step back from beliefs right now that i and i don't want them to yeah <laughs> in general so yeah exactly um, I think this was probably a somewhat radical song when it came out and may, I wonder if it was controversial. In fact, um, I don't remember how everyone was feeling by the time it got to 2006 in terms of like jingoism and self-righteousness uh, in waging this right. war against quote unquote terror. Um, but yeah, I think he is not very effective in the way he like actually writes the song. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about Gravity? I think it's a catchy song. Yes. Yeah, it is. Uh, gravity? Uh, gravity? Gravy. <laughs> Dream of ways to throw it all away. This is the most. This song kind of reminds me of the second track. Yes, I agree. It's. I don't trust myself with loving you. Yeah, it's essentially uh, in an even less specific way of saying the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Luckily, we know for a fact uh, from John Mayer himself that this is the most important song he's ever written. Um, (laughs) He says in a video. in which he explains gravity on stage. It's a time capsule song. I will listen to it every day of my life if I need to. It's honest to God, the most important song I've ever written in my life, and it has the fewest words. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, my God. (laughs) And then later on he says, and I just want to say that my full-time job being, this is true, being a musician is almost a side job to my full-time job of not screwing up. Uh, because the world was devised to be pretty damn even, except for terminal illness and things that people just absolutely, they're just flukes. And they're, you know, I don't know if they're making up for something else way far away that they don't deserve, but it all pretty much evens out. What the fuck is he talking about? I have no idea where he went there. He he said the world was devised to be pretty damn even? What does that mean? Have you looked at the world? Yeah. <laughs> Do you live on the same planet as us, Jane and John Mayer? <laughs> oh boy um uh this song is about making sure you still love yourself making sure you still have your head on making sure you still say no the way your mom would say no huh, what and i will need it every damn day of my life because it's easier to mess up than it is to stay here stay where what 
also like this this, this kind of reminds me of um uh probably one of the greatest villains in the bible uh paul yes <laughs> it's true <laughs> who uh at least in my reading of him um so for, to give people a background paul is used to be saul and he was a terrorist <laughs> who Mm -hmm. would um, kill religious minorities, specifically Christians. Mm -hmm. Um, And he had this conversion experience um, where he was blinded um, by Jesus, I guess. Yeah, he was lit Um, like a douche. Not actually. Jesus had died at this point. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, God. That's... Sorry. A really great joke. (laughs) No, I really like it. (laughs) Um... It was blindside with... No, I can't finish that oh, joke. Yeah. I'm trying to make another reference. <laughs> um, and uh, anyway, so he, he goes on to like write all these letters to these different, you know, um, emerging churches in the the general region. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he's trying to get them to be orthodox in this religion that doesn't have an orthodoxy yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at one point he's writing this letter to the the Romans and he says, and I will do it in as obsessive of a like repressed Christian rant. I think he in- invented repressed Christianity. <laughs> yeah. I do not understand what I do for what I want to do. I do not do, but I hate what I, what I hate. I do. And if I do, what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. And it is. It is no longer I myself who do it, but it is the sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This is I keep on doing. <laughs> now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer who I who do it, but it is the sin living in me that does it. <laughs> it's basically just like the John Mayer like yeah. <laughs> in an interview <laughs> ranting. It really is. <laughs> That's a great point. About how it, like he doesn't know how to not be a shithead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. And that's how, yeah, that's like what keeps coming up. It's like he's like he's like this little boy who's just like ah, just keep getting in trouble. Yeah, basically. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. And it. Like, like I don't know why I keep getting in trouble. I'm trying my fucking hardest. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Mom, <laughs> we are all John Mayer's moms <laughs> on this day. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a great way to put it. And he's not necessarily wrong. Like it, especially in a society that privileges um, people like John Mayer uh, above anyone else. Uh, which is to say, he's a member of uh, like the intersection of all the privileges basically from what I understand um, in terms of like being white, being male, being, I believe he is heterosexual. I, so there is there like, it is difficult to grow up surrounded by that level of privilege um, and not have some form of uh, toxic behavior instilled in you um, or just like feeling that you deserve stuff you don't deserve or whatever. But I don't know, like the, the way that he talks about it feels so uh, personal 
this is like this is that that fundamental misattribution error of so many people of like taking things that are systemic issues and being like no 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 everyone just needs to recycle more if everyone would just choose to recycle and everyone would just choose to buy a tesla that's yeah. what's gonna solve global warming like it's it's that's all you need to do and it and it's you can't look for personal solutions to systemic problems like it's nobody's gonna ever not everyone is capable of making or positioned or capable of making those choices and they shouldn't have to. Yeah. Um, so it, it feels like it feels too focused on himself in a way that feels narcissistic. Uh, and it also just, it also feels like, uh, he's playing the martyr. Like he, he has found a way to like, uh, make himself sound sensitive and in touch with his feelings. Um, and, like have this sob story basically of like, Oh, boo hoo. I keep messing up. Oh, woe is me. You should love me and, uh, be uh, codependent with me. Um, and it, it just, it feels like so false on that level of like, stop, stop playing the martyr, John Mayer. Uh, I didn't nail you to this cross. You, you, you blew up an inflatable plastic cross and duct taped yourself to it and like pretended like it was a, a hardship. Like, come on. <laughs> Uh, that was a weird metaphor, but I think you get what I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah, that was that was something. Fuck, <laughs> that's some strong work. God damn it, I'm so dumb. Um, um it it kind of reminds me of uh, the song "Fear" by Kendrick Lamar, mm-hmm. which I feel like is kind of a similar song, except for it's earned and good and better in every single way. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, the song is about him as a seven-year-old and as a 17-year-old and as a 27-year-old. Um, and it's a very powerful song. And it's about um, how he kind of can't get away from his trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, the generational trauma, the trauma of growing up poor, trauma of growing up in a neighborhood where he was afraid of uh dying mm-hmm. um either from people in his community or from the police or whatever um and then in the third verse he's talking about you know pre- you know present day how successful he is and he says um uh at 27 my biggest fear was losing it all scared to spend money had me sleeping from hall to hall scared to go back to section eight with my mama's dressing 30 shows a month and I still won't buy me no Lexus. Um, like this kind of song about like kind of inescapable, like you can't escape yourself mm-hmm. and you can't overcome something like feels really powerful. And like, um, because he, I don't think Kendrick Lamar is proud of this. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's using this as an excuse. He's saying like, um, I have more shit to work on than I could possibly <laughs> ever accomplish. Mm-hmm. And there is this part of me that is inescapable and I won't kind of change in this kind of core way um, because of all of the legitimate reasons I've had to fear in my life. And even when everything's going my way and when I'm experiencing privilege, um, my actual, uh, my, my history won't believe that um, it's here to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think that's what John Mayer is. John Mayer is talking about just like on we, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, and it's like, 
I don't want to hear a song about ennui unless it's the best mm. song about ennui, which is kind of like a <laughs> oxymoron. It's kind of a paradox. You it's know? hard it's to like, try, try hard you, at making a song about ennui. What an ambition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. This is a call to our listeners. If one of you knows the best song about ennui, Ooh. I want to hear it. Oh, and is it in French? And is it sung by Jacques Brel, perhaps? On We and Rose. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. Um, yeah, he never really specifically says what gravity is to him. Uh, I think it's meant to be this like kind of pull towards... He feels pulled towards... Um, <laughs> as Paul would, would say it, like he feels pulled towards doing the thing he does not want to do. He feels pulled towards yeah. sin or whatever Paul would say. By the way, that like screed that I went on earlier, that was me reading from the Bible. Yes. I was not making that nope. up. Like that is all word for word what it's in the Bible. Mm. It's fucking bonkers <laughs> that that was canonized. It's completely unhinged, yeah. And it was clearly like transcribed <laughs> like, from a weird like John Mayer style interview where Paul was potentially <laughs> hopped up on certain substances maybe. It's like Paul, 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 Paul. It's fine. Yeah, Paul. I, this doesn't have to be in the Bible. You, you gotta scale back your Adderall prescription, man. Like, <laughs> you can't keep doing this. <laughs> You're gonna ruin the future. <laughs> You're gonna fuck up what could be a, a very cool religion. Oh, God. Oh, um, poor guy. And also, fuck him. <laughs> should we move on? Yeah. Um, oh, God. What should we talk about? Um... Oh, 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 gravity. Oh, I think this samples. is the best guitar solo. Ah, here we go. Let's listen to that it. That we've heard from John Mayer. Yeah. That is really cool. I like the tone a lot. It's got this real like glassy kind of tone to it. Yeah. Which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. That melody, I feel like could just be a whole nother song. Yeah, totally. It's so perfectly developed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's, mm-hmm. yeah, just really well put together. Yeah. It's good. Good solo. We like it. Good solo. Um, let's see. You do a solo in every song. One of them is bound to be that good. It, yeah. Probably. <laughs> Take all his bites at the apple. Um, Law of large numbers. <laughs> uh, Should we talk about uh, the heart of life? Yeah. That's probably uh, a grand enough statement that's worth talking about. Let's check it out. There's things you need to hear. So turn off your tears and Uh, I wish you had the rest of that chorus because I think that's the best part of the melody. Uh, We can pull it up. Yeah, we just do a little bit of scrolling around till you find it. 
Because I think that chorus, the argument I'm going to make is that this is a platitudinous song. And the only reason it works is because this chorus is so goddamn gorgeous. It's so pretty. Yeah. Okay, here's the whole chorus. Great. Oh no, I guess that's the second line. No, it's fine. I think the prettiest thing about that is it descends in a um, a major uh, a major a minor a minor seventh. That's mm. what it is. It mm-hmm. descends from the high do to a re and then resolves. Mm-hmm. That's a really peculiar interval to sing, and then to follow it by continuing to descend down. He it's the part where he goes, "I know the heart." That's do of life. That's Ray is good. Heart of life is good. Mm-hmm. That's a really interesting interval. And it's very tender. Because mm-hmm. uh, And there's something conclusive about doing like a big jump like that. But it's sort of softened by that da-da-da. I don't know. That's mm-hmm. the closest I can get to having a theoretical mm-hmm. explanation of why it's so beautiful. I also think the melody, um, or that's what I said. The guitar playing, the tone of the guitar, mm-hmm. there's no drums. It's all just guitars layered mm-hmm. um, very rhythmically. Um, and his singing is so sweet. I, mm-hmm. This is my favorite singing of John Mayer. Yeah, it's it kind of reminded me of a lullaby. Um, and that resolution that you're talking about, the the heart of life is good, is, is very sweet. It almost feels like there's something kind of uh, vulnerable and almost childish about it. Um, and I think part of it is yep. like the words he's saying are like not they're they could they you could describe them as being like naive I guess um, yeah to say no it won't all go the way it should but I know the heart of life is good um, optimistic or naive or something but yeah there's there's something like kind of vulnerable about being so openly optimistic or naive too which I I think is also kind of compelling yeah the other. <sighs> There's all these things in this song that I would feel suspicious about if it wasn't delivered so sweetly um, mm-hmm. musically, but also in that chorus. Um, like verse one, I hate to see you cry lying there in that position. There's things you need to hear. So turn off your tears and listen. That kind of sounds in a vacuum without the melody. Mm-hmm. It sounds repressive. It sounds like a parent, like chiding a child for throwing a fit or for um, not um, emotionally performing in a way that's comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, Second verse, you know, it's nothing new. Bad news never had good timing. Then the circle of your friends will defend the silver lining. Um, A a, um, non-generous reading of this would be like, just stop being so sad all the time, mm-hmm. you know, like stop lay, like leaning into your grief, lean away from it. You're blowing things out of proportion. Um, but to me, because uh, the music is so uh, gracefully and elegantly um, <laughs> supporting mm-hmm. those lyrics, it feels like it is about comfort. Mm-hmm. And I think it earns the, the lyrics that could, could be repressive 
um, mm-hmm. or could be uh, um, d- uh, dismissing. Right. It feels more understanding than dismissing, it feels like. Yeah. Um, or encouraging than dismissing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a very sweet song. This is definitely the sweetest we've heard John Mayer be. Um, and-, and you know what? It's It's so sweet that John Mayer's The Heart of Life is being developed into a TV show by ABC. That's right. I'm here to tell you about it right now. Hang on. Mayer is involved as an executive producer. Wait, what? Uh, John Mayer's 2006 track, The Heart of Life, is being turned into a TV pilot by ABC, per The Hollywood Reporter. The track is produced by Mayer and Steve Jordan and appeared as an album cut on Continuum. According to THR, Heart of Life follows two sets of adult siblings wildly uh, from wildly different worlds who discover they are related and must reassess everything they thought they knew about their shared father. The pilot is being written by Cars 2 scribe <gasps> Ben Queen, and Mayer will serve as one of the show's executive producers. Oh, the song no. deals with life's ups and downs, with Mayer preaching the transformative power of love. He sings, pain throws your heart to the ground, etc. Uh... <sighs> Mayer posted about the series on Instagram once news of the pilot was official. Cameron, I am speechless. That was the craziest (laughs) emotional roller coaster you've ever taken me on in your entire fucking life. Okay. I thought you were doing a weird, elaborate joke, perhaps referring to a popular TV show that I wasn't very aware of, like Modern Family. It would have been a good bit. Yeah. I wish it was a bit. I and then I would have been really proud of it. The dawning <laughs> horror as as I realized it started setting in that you were serious and were actually talking about something real. And then the details that just made it worse and worse and worse. The Cars 2 screenwriter, Cameron? <laughs> Cameron, Cars 2 makes Cars 3 look like Cars 1. <laughs> that's how that's how bad Cars 2 is. Have you seen Cars 2? I have not. I just know it from it's the Griffin Newman line. awful. <laughs> it is so unbelievably bad. Oh, my God. Oh, no, Cameron. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. This is... Oh. This is the, the most discouraging thing I've heard all day, and I've faced rejections from jobs today. Yeah, I wanted to save that until we just, like, you know felt really good about how positive and not cynical and encouraging John Mayer was yeah. before we talked about his TV show. Oh no. Oh no. Uh, yeah, well, you either fire and ice baby. Uh, uh, you either uh, die the continuum or you live long enough to see yourself become the heart of life TV show. I really do think there's something there that like, Whatever beautiful, tender, like sincere work of art you make, if you get a couple decades distance, you might just be turning it into an ABC TV show for a quick buck. Like, and that's oh, that fucking sucks, dude. Oh, I hate that. Oh. yeah, it's pretty, pretty sad news. This this business is too sad. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. What a bummer. um. Okay, so. I have some musical stuff to talk about in Vultures. Mm. Um, I think lyrically, it's I think it's basically just that same song again. Oh, um, good. As, as Gravity and I Don't Trust Myself to Love You. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really real great. But let's but listen to it musically. We should talk about it. Yeah. How do I stop myself from being just a this this is the same song as yeah, maybe not it feels like um a music industry song vultures yeah um and hey you know he's got a tv pilot coming up based on one of his songs it seems like he's made it he walked through the fire mm, he did he did this is success if that's what it takes to take him even higher then he'll come through and he did oh boy um okay so <laughs> um I think this song is harmonically interesting um, mm-hmm. because it has the same riff that's something like this. I'm not really a guitarist, but it's like, ooh, my guitar has gone out of tune. Couldn't tell. Okay. So it has this riff um, that's something like, something like that, mm-hmm. and um, it plays it reharmonizes that little guitar melody. Um, in the verse, it's the chords are F sharp minor and A major. Not fully voiced triads like that. Um, it's more implied mm-hmm. by the arrangements. And then in the chorus, it's, uh, I believe, A major and then B major. Mm. So it's um, it's got that line underneath two different sets of chords and it recontextualizes it, but it's um, dissonant with both sets of chords. So this like, that's an E uh, or it's a B and an E, a B and an E intonation on my guitar is really bad, even if it's in tune, Mm. Um, a B and an E over an F sharp Mm -hmm. makes, you know, an F sharp minor chord with an added fourth degree of that, so it's like, you know, one minor three, five, the E makes a minor seven. And then, um, the B makes a perfect fourth in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a very sort of suspended dissonant kind of sound. Um, and the same thing when that interval is played over an A chord or sort of this suspended sound and the melody mm-hmm. um quotes that as well quotes these dissonant notes so i think it is a harmonically pretty interesting song will you uh play the sound sample i took of the verse harmony he actually starts singing a b over the f sharp minor chord mm-hmm. and i think it is sort of like a it starts suspended mm-hmm. and kind of um mm-hmm. unanchored from the the tonic mm-hmm. yeah Some of us. What does that make me think of? It makes me think of like the police, maybe, or there's something yeah. about it that like reminds me of something. I could, I could see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool. Pretty into it. Um. And then will you play maybe your sound sample again so that we can hear the that guitar part in the chorus as well because it's mm-hmm. the same. Yeah. 
That's interesting. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I think that adds to the tension in the song in a really nice way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we should maybe mention also that this is one of the two songs that is from the John Mayer trio, um, which I think only had one album called Try with an exclamation mark. Um, and it's it's basically John Mayer with the people on this album who play uh, Pino Palladino on bass and Steve Jordan on drums. Um, And this, uh, this song is written first writing credit by Pino Palladino and then Steve Jordan. And finally John Mayer. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So I feel like we're not getting a ton of Johnny perspective in this one. And um, maybe that's why it's less focused on navel gazing. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I, we, we didn't talk about it, but I don't think we really have the inclination to really talk about the John Mayer trio. Um, no, I think John Mayer himself is the more interesting one. Let's just not, let's just not. (laughs) I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. Um, maybe we should, oh, there's a lot more that we could talk about, like slow dancing in a burning room, use of the word bitch in it. Right. Um, the bold is love uh cover um which i have complicated feelings about more just like is this tasteful is this good mm-hmm. is this worth it what right. does this mean mm-hmm. for him to be doing that um yeah uh we definitely need to talk about i'm gonna find another you so maybe we should uh, end on that m- maybe do, i think i have time for one more song okay. let's do let's do i'm gonna find another you let's just skip to that okay um and i'll say this about just do this. I want you to play the two sound samples that I took of John Mayer. Um, first, do the one that says OG Mellow Yellow. Play that. Okay. My yellow in this case is not so mellow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's Jimi Hendrix saying a line that's kind of bonkers. My mm-hmm. yellow in this case is not so mellow. And saying it like a real orator. Yeah. Um, Let's listen without the fade outs because the fade outs cut off a lot of it. Yeah. My yellow in this case is not so mellow. In fact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's the kind of lyric that only Jimi Hendrix could get away with. Exactly. Yeah. And now let's hear the sound sample that says, not quite the same when Mayer sings it. Okay. My yellow in this case is not so mellow. <laughs> <laughs> Says the most mellow singer on the planet Earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like when Hendrix does it, it's like I had a dream. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> For some reason. Yeah. But when Mayor does it, it's like, you got to commit to this lyric because Jimi Hendrix isn't like, the power in his lyrics comes from how he sings his lyrics, not from what they look like on paper exactly. a lot of the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> there's a reason he can make Bob Dylan's lyrics uh, sing. Yeah. That he can make them sound powerful. Like, it's yeah, because it's like anything. <laughs> yeah, his performance. <laughs> and honestly, a lot of Jimi Hendrix lyrics, in my 
opinion are of a similar quality. Mm-hmm. But when he sings them, who the fuck cares? Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> let's let's do I'm going to find another you. Here we go. As was your plan. But when my loneliness is through, I'm going to find another you. Take your sweater. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna find right. another you. What do you think about this song? Hmm. Uh, I don't trust John Mayer to sing on this topic. <laughs> like going into <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, he just sees the world as like a lady zoo, you know, and it's like, he yeah, really does. Find, I got a I got a line. Yeah. I just I'll Probably just go to a different enclosure. <laughs> Um, I think maybe some of the worst lyrics are in the bridge. When I was your lover, no one else would do. If I'm forced to find another, I hope she looks like you. Yeah, and she's nicer too. God, that is like such a 12-year-old like adolescent thing to say. That is like... Yeah, especially after an album of John Mayer talking about how not nice he is. Yeah, talking about how much of a shithead he is uh, as like this weird kind of judo move to get us to sympathize with him. Um. So go on, baby. Yeah, but when he but when he's a shithead, it's charming and interesting. So <laughs> yes, maybe they weren't charming and interesting enough. He he just says also some really bizarre things. Uh, <laughs> so go on, baby, make your little getaway. My pride will keep me company, and you just gave yours all away. Now I'm going to dress myself for two. Once for me what? and once for someone new, I'm going to do some things you wouldn't let me do. He's going to put on two suits of clothes. He's going to double clothes it up, and she would never let him. He's like he's talking to his mom who wouldn't wear, let him wear double clothes. Like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> <laughs> You'll overheat if you wear two coats, Johnny. Don't go outside dressed like that. Fuck you, mom. <laughs> Do you think all these songs are just about his mom? I think so. Is that possible? He's going to go find another mommy. That's what this song's really yeah. about. Because he can't say no the way that mom would. That's true. It's, it's right there in the text. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this song's pretty sad. Yeah. Um, he wants... He really wants us to think he's being like... I Well, I can't tell what he wants us to think. Because he, he sings it in such a melancholy... Uh, kind of sad, down-tempo way, right? So it's like, I don't think we're supposed to hear him say, I'm going to find another you, and think it's like this big triumphant moment, like when Beyonce sings Irreplaceable. I don't think we're meant to read it as like, oh yeah, I'm so empowered, I can just like move on. Right. I don't think we're supposed to think that. I think we're supposed to, I think he wants us to think that he is still hurting and he is trying to like, come up with something right i think that's what he wants us to to feel about this song um i so I, it's I, so weird like find another you yeah it's like why <laughs> yeah that's such a weird way of putting it <sighs> i'm gonna go to an alternate dimension <laughs> but then i'll be captured by the time variance authority i've been watching loki oh okay <laughs> i was gonna my reference point was, uh, I was going to say, oh, yeah. And then in the song when he says, girl, you ever seen Jet Li's The One? 
Yes. <laughs> great, great reference. <laughs> no, that's definitely not 20 years dated or anything. Do you remember when the worlds of new metal and martial arts combined <laughs> and Jason, Jason Statham was there? Oh, <laughs> what so good. A true paradise on earth. <laughs> I love that. I honestly loved that movie. Um, I don't know if I would still love it. I think I might. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you don't want to love it, but you probably would. He fights himself. He fights himself. <laughs> it's too Jet It's Lee. a metaphor. Just kidding. It's not. It's, je- not, it's not metaphorical, metaphorical at all. <laughs> Anti-metaphorical. <laughs> Oh boy. I kind of like that approach of like taking something that could be such a hack metaphor and just be like, nope, not metaphorical at all. Completely literal. <laughs> You're reading into it too much. Yeah. <laughs> He's just going to fight himself. And it's cool. <laughs> oh boy. The the the, al- the evil alternate universe Jetly does not repre- does not represent a part of the real Jetly. He's just a different Jetly. He's just different in the evil and universe. universe. Yeah. <laughs> one of them's good, one of them's bad. I think Star Trek kind of took that approach at certain times with like their mirror universe where it was like, this does not represent like an aspect of this character's self. No, they're just evil. <laughs> they're from evil town yeah. and look, they're bad. Look at evil Spock's mustache yeah. and goatee. It's such an evil Pretty goatee. Evil. <laughs> they did. They did that in um, discovery. Oh really? <laughs> the goat, yeah. evil goatee, the most evil of all facial hairstyles. Yeah. Uh, let's be done. Let's be done. Yeah. Um yeah, continuum. Uh let's see. I I rate it um I rate it 3 shades of gray, I think. <laughs> uh? I I still I I enjoyed more musical stuff in this one than in previous albums. Definitely. And I wasn't as my sensibilities weren't as offended as in previous albums. Yes. So I think there's an upward trend here. I agree. There is an upward trend. Yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week with uh, his next album, Battle Studies, which came out in 2009. Um, until that time, you can visit us online at boxset.website. Email us at email at boxset.website. Tweet us at Topias Podcast. Uh, you can support us in a couple different ways, including going on iTunes, writing that review, hitting those stars. Uh, if you want to support us directly, you can go to our Patreon at support.boxset.website. Um, and if you kick us a few bucks every month, you'll get access to all of our fantastic bonus materials, including a weekly mini show. You may have heard us, uh, drop some native advertising for called what's in the box weekly. And this week we talked about the broken earth trilogy yes. from NK Jemison a little bit more. Mm-hmm. We revisited it cause Nathan's been reading it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I talked about a couple episodes of adventure time that I thought were particularly interesting. Yeah adventure time come on grab your friends uh you should also listen to cameron's other podcast called get up in the cool he just had some freaky crazy puppet people on and he wore a big mask too (laughs) yeah um if you want to see me have a panic attack you can uh follow (laughs) get up in the cool on social media and watch (laughs) a video of me putting on a mask um like a like a a puppet mask like a big paper mache mask Mm -hmm. i'm fine wearing normal masks putting on a big mask and being like oh i hate this <laughs> <laughs> and then trying to play music in it mm-hmm. all right well thanks for listening everyone i've been nathan hunt and a vocal shrug and i've been Cameron dewitt and check out my new show on the cw 
this fall based on uh my my hit song uh that uh is untitled and it's written by the writer of planes fire and rescue there there's my joke you pulled it off (laughs) it was all (laughs) worth it in the end Planes Far and I've never even heard of that. Planes Far and Rescue. <laughs> it's like a spinoff of Cars. Oh there no! There are too many plates to juggle to actually pull off that joke. Yeah, it's to true. do it with good delivery. Mm-hmm. The bones. There's good bones there. It is the good bones? And there's there. good meat on those bones. <laughs>